So, I talked to Phil Kasikoff today. Phil Kasikoff? Yeah, you know, my friend, the bra salesman. He says they're looking maybe to take somebody on. So I got you an interview next Friday with his boss. Next Friday? What time? Two o'clock. That's my whole afternoon. I was going to look for sneakers. You can look for sneakers the next day. Now, it wouldn't hurt to go in and be able to discuss it intelligently. Do we have to? You don't even know what they're made from. They're made from Lycra spandex. Get out of here. Lycra spandex. Want to bet? How much you want to bet? I'm not betting. I'm not saying go to the library and read the whole bra history, but it wouldn't kill you to know a little bit about it. All right, it wouldn't kill me. You know about the cup sizes and all. They have different cups. I, I know about the cups. You got the A, B, C, D. That's the biggest. I know the D is the biggest. I've based my whole life on knowing that D is the biggest. November 1st, 2020. Hello. Hi. I just want to state for the record. I know what you're going to say. D is not the biggest. <laughs> I knew it. I was going to say it if you didn't, but so. That's I mean, who you... did they talk to? Victoria's Secret? Right. And I love how Victoria's Secret is like, why doesn't anyone want to come to our stores? Because you don't have anything for most people. Most people? Yeah, they carry a very narrow well, range okay. of perfect body clothing. Yes. Okay. And then... I was going by cup sizes. I yeah. was saying most probably do fall into those cup sizes, but not no. the other sizes. Well, no, no because it's not okay. just that. There's all... There's so many things. Listen, they have a lot of problems. They're also very, like, anti-trans, which is not cool, but this was not meant to be a discussion of underwear and so. yet they have a very successful side business selling candles and lotion what what yeah does that have to do with anything they they're the same company what company the the oh, i can't bath and body works they're the same company what yeah you didn't know that did you clearly not uh-huh it's true what the hell and that that is going gangbusters what is happening <laughs> and they're just dragging Victoria's Secret along behind them like a giant dead weight. What is happening here? I just, I just educated you. <laughs> I think. What the you hell? You know what? Let's just move on. Is going on? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I don't, I don't even know what you go on to from that. The post-it. Where's the post-it? I don't even see it. I don't have a post-it. <gasps> Here's the thing. What? There was only like one or two things to talk about that I remember because it's been, you know, we had a kind of a, a light release month and November's kind of a, a lighter release month too. And, but there was like one or two little things that I was going to mention and then I forgot to write them down, <laughs> which has never happened. But we were voting and I had to keep a record. I used my post-it to write down what I voted because in California, let me tell you about voting in California. There's like a bazillion measures that go on the ballot because here anybody can put anything on the ballot if you get enough signatures. It's kind of weird. And so you do all this research and try to figure out the right way to vote on all of them. But there's so many of them. 
I had to write down how I voted on all of them to check the results. Because otherwise I'd read the results and be like, wait, how did I want to vote on that? Which way did I want it to go? Right, in? which one went the good way? Because they're all <laughs> worded so super confusing so that you don't necessarily know what you're voting for. Oh my God, anyway. it's so much research and work. Anyway, so... <gasps> Democracy at work. I did that. And then, you know, the the election is coming up like this week that this comes out, which is very stressful. There's a lot going on. And then I just, I forgot to write down what I was going to talk about. And so now I don't know what to talk about. And then I mentioned the lingerie-covered anchor. And, and, oh boy. And now everything is... Oh, 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 I just remembered one thing. Nice. It's November. Yes. Which means that this month we will be doing the Pendy Awards. Oh, geez. They're not up yet because things are weird and bad all over, but they will be soon-ish. We'll be posting the page for people to vote for the Pendies. Right. So keep an eye on our social media uh, And by we, I mean Tilly, because I don't do that. No. (laughs) Never. Keep an eye on our social media accounts, and once the the nomination and voting pages are up, they will be linked to from the main page at PendantAudio.com. So you'll always be able to find it there, too. So we we do nominations first for like two weeks, and then voting for two weeks, roughly about two weeks. It might be a little later, because it's probably going to go up a little bit late this time, so it might be a little... whatever. Point is, that's going to happen this month, so you can vote for all your favorite pendant stuff from 2020. So that's Cool. cool. A good thing for this year, so right? So after voting in the election, you can vote again. Right. For because something much less consequential. It's voting season. And more fun. Yes, this is more and fun. not stressful. It's not, not as, stressful. yeah. Just, you pick your favorites, you're done. No, no life or death consequences. Right. No people's rights on the line. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just nice and good. It's nice and good. And good and nice. And good and nice. Okay, but I don't remember what the other thing was, so I guess we'll just move on. Uh, I hope you all vote. You better vote. If there ever was a time, you better freaking vote. Well, it's a bit late to tell them to vote now if they're not registered, you know, and all, but okay. In California, you can register and vote on the same day. At really? The, at your polling place. I'm pretty sure, yes. California is great for voting. California is pretty cool. So great. Anyway, please vote. Okay. Thank you. From Los Angeles, California, we have Marty Brengel on the line. Hello, Marty. Hi there. How's it going? So far, so good. Oh, once I finally figured out how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told you that Craig was that creepy voice. It starts the whole thing and then. Yeah. But no, hey, hey, welcome to the Pendant Discord. I could have sworn you were here. Yeah, and, but I'm all kinds of insane, so it doesn't matter. Oh, you know, I'm one of those one of those um, super large personalities who appears to be all kinds of places when she really isn't. <laughs> Well, that's what makes you fit independent so well. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so how is life in, in Los Angeles? Well, it's finally cooled down a little bit. Uh, we oh, were having 100 degree temperatures uh, up until about a week ago. Uh. And now it's sort of cool. Well, actually, today was kind of cool. Uh, it was nice, nice weather. Now, and you're not, course- I was going to say, you're not near like 
any of the fires, are you? Well, uh, the most recent one that, that was up in Brand Park, I, don't, I think they're calling it the Grandview Fire. Uh-huh. Um, that's up the hills from us, uh-huh. um, but nowhere actually near us. We were in absolutely no danger from that. Okay, but, so no need for sticks and marshmallows yet at all. <laughs> no, darn okay. it. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they roared over our house with the firefighting equipment for quite a while this afternoon. It's uh, it's all settled down now, so I, I'm guessing it's under control. But yeah, I get a lot of friends from all over the world um, asking me about the fires, and we're not in a place that gets fires, really. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. We don't get floods. We don't get mudslides. We don't get fires. Um, as far as living in Los Angeles, it's it's a, it's a dull place. <laughs> <laughs> so really, all you have to worry about is the zombie apocalypse we've got going on. That too, yeah, and and the earthquakes. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't think anywhere in California is really safe from those. No, unfortunately not. And you're you're doing all right. You're staying safe, staying healthy with <laughs> yeah. the. No, we we didn't go out all that much before. Um, you know, we're old. Yeah, there's no place for old people to go, really. Um, uh, we uh, stay pretty pretty much inside. Play with the computer. Read books. Um, we wear masks. Um, mm. we, we did uh, we re- we did go out um, on our anniversary and went out and went to the zoo, and uh, Blinky and her family were waiting for us, which was a great surprise. Uh-huh. I'm happy with that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I've been to the zoo in a long time. I haven't. I didn't make it out to the zoo when I was out there last. That was. A- oh, you're gonna have to come back. That's all there is to it. <laughs> I'd like to. I like to. I've had the pleasure of getting to meet a bunch of pendulums, including Tilly and Susan. And yeah, oh, they're worth, they're worth the trip all on their own. Oh yeah, they're they're a ton of fun. So. We have questions. Okay. And hopefully you have answers or this becomes very short and one-sided. <laughs> well, I hope I have answers, yeah. <laughs> so, let's go let's go back back way back. All right. You were in Pendant's first foray into um paid shows. All of the st- stuff that we had done um up until Phantom Canyon. Mhm. Um was out there and available for download. So yeah. once uh, Phantom Canyon came around, we kind of started this um, experiment, and I think it went pretty well. But um, I think so anyway. Yeah, I know that um, I loved Phantom Canyon. I thought it was great, and yeah. um, you were Irwin's mom. I don't remember the characters. Edwin's mom. Edwin, Edwin, right. Sorry. Yeah. I have to go back and listen again because it's been a while. We didn't find out her name until the very end of the show. Mm. I'm Eric Kelly. So what drew you to this, at first, this this motherly figure, which then turns out to be something entirely different? <laughs> well, um, it was one of the few parts that was actually suitable for someone my age. I'm not, this is not a criticism, by the way. It's just, it's just the way things happen. Um, and then I read the script and I went, Ooh, this looks like fun. And, uh, and Tilly and Susan asked me to do it, which mm-hmm. is, a, a, it's, a, it's a good thing. And, uh, they, uh, 
who were very patient with me. <laughs> and, um, but I, I really, I had fun doing it. I uh, almost always have fun with pendant programs because it's, they're also, uh, they're so imaginative and so much uh, off the beaten path. Um, it's just, you, you don't get bored. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't say, oh my God, I got to record lines. Um, I did voice <laughs> acting, voiceovers and, and things like that um, when I was in, uh, just out of college mm-hmm. and uh, did things, travelogues and uh, you know, so I was just, you know, they were doing instructional programs for uh, commercial uh, commercials, things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where I got my start doing that. Um, and I was a disc jockey when I was in college. So acting to into talking in a microphone was no big deal. Really? That's so cool. Well, I thought it was, but see, when I, when I was in college, um, Title 12, Title 9 um, had not been passed yet. So mm-hmm. it was perfectly legal for someone to say, we don't hire women. And there was nothing I could do right. about it. I applied for several um, jockey jobs mm-hmm. and nobody was interested. Well, they would hire guys who had never even looked at a radio studio before. And uh, right. so that was, but, and then I, I, it was through that, um, through that, that the, uh, I got made the connection to do the other commercial stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, I did that pretty well until the company I was reporting for went out of business. So, and then I was, mm-hmm. I was just did occasional disc jockey stuff. And then um, mostly concentrated on being a mom. It's one of those things that it's like, you know, the, the, the old cliche of riding a bike, you never forget how to do it. Sometimes it takes a little while to warm up to it again, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I was really, I mean, it was, it was, I was really happy that Tilly and Susan asked me to do these things. Um, I auditioned for a few that I didn't get. And I auditioned for a few that I did get. And uh, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm really always happy to do, uh, do it if, if there's a part for me. Have you thought about when, when you do your auditions, do you ever think about bringing the, um, um, the kind of the disc jockey cadence and, and tone to, any of no, the characters? I wasn't, I wasn't that kind of a disc jockey. I wasn't. Okay. Yes, and here we are. It's 9.53 and 68 degrees. <laughs> here is Jerry Jeff Walker with Mr. Bojangles. I didn't do that kind of stuff. It was more, um, what you'd call it these days, an alternative radio. Um, okay. And I also did, I'd also um, announced classical music uh, for a while. And uh, it's, I, like I said, I never, I never put on that fake disc jockey persona. Okay. Just I just was me. Hey, if you're going to be somebody, it might as well be you. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Um, so with Phantom Canyon, um, now Edwin's mom was there in flashback, so it and it wasn't a huge role, but you got to kind of get it that twist at the end. Um, yeah. What What did you like doing more? Did you like playing the the motherly role? for Edwin in those flashbacks or the, the monster at the end? I think, I think the main point was that people wouldn't suspect me of being the evil. (laughs) So I tried to just be, play it straight. I got to use my Southern accent, which I hadn't, I grew up in central Virginia. Mm -hmm. so I had a a Southern accent. Well, outside the house, I had a Southern accent. My father was just indignant. You know, don't talk like that. No, no. (laughs) talk like that it's lazy um he well of course my dad was an ivy league kind of guy uh-huh. and, uh, 
there was one really funny part about that that we we all my brothers and I had southern accents outside the house mm-hmm. um, with our friends in school and things like that, but not inside the house because my dad would get irked um but we, we eventually we moved to Iowa, and uh, of course people didn't say yes, ma'am, yes sir, and, and all the southern uh, courtesies in Iowa, and uh, my mom and I were having one of those discussions that you have when you're 13 with your mom. My dad was very hard of hearing, and he all he could hear from the other side of the house was that there was an argument going on, and he'd been told you back up your spouse. So he came roaring in and he said, don't you talk that way to your mother. You say, yes, ma'am. And I said, dad, the whole time we lived in the South, you didn't want me to talk like that. And now we live in Iowa and you want me to start. And I think that was the only time I ever won an argument with my father. <laughs> so, yeah, that was one triumph. That's kind of no, when you know you've like taken the next step in, in your personal evolution is when you start getting away with stuff with your parents. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My dad was kind of stuck in time in 1947 in the Ivy League. So, um, <laughs> it was. Uh, I mean, I, I love my dad. He was great, but he just wasn't really connected to present day reality at all. Everybody says that about their parents. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure my kids do. I'm sure. My older daughter is 14. Let me tell you, I'm sure she thinks that of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, 13, 14, 15. The worst years for girls and their parents. Um, and then things start straightening out after that. Worked that way with me and with my daughter. <laughs> Listening, Blinky? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know whether she wanted me to claim her. But yes, Blinky is my daughter. And I'm proud of her. And uh, I'm, she does amazing stuff. And my son used to be part of Pendant's voice actor crew, too. But he hasn't. Hasn't done that for a long time. He's a very big man with a very deep voice. So mm. he was kind of in demand for certain parts for a while. Oh. I don't I I don't know if he's even been on in the 21st century. <sighs> I have to ask him about that. So in addition to Phantom Canyon, you were also in uh, some Shakespeare, notably uh, Julius Caesar. Yes. And and not a small role. Either. Oh, bigger than I thought it would be. <laughs> so you were uh, Cassius. Yeah. And what was the draw to do um, to do Shakespeare? Well, like I said, my dad was an English professor and, and uh, I had been reading Shakespeare for quite a while. Oh, mm-hmm. if, if you heard that explosion in the background, mm-hmm. must mean the Dodgers won tonight. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, I don't know if you can hear that, but I, I did hear something. Okay. Well, it's not really as bad as it usually is. Um, maybe they won by a little. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe everybody used up all their fireworks. Um, Shakespeare, I've, I've enjoy, always enjoyed reading Shakespeare, at, more so when I didn't have to do it for school. Because nothing ruins good literature more than having to do it for school. <laughs> yep. I mean, I, 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 I always, well, of course, so much, so much of English expression comes from Shakespeare that you don't really realize um, that I had been in, in when, when I was in high school, like pretty much everybody, um, I had to memorize lots and lots and lots of Shakespeare. And I still remember a lot of it. Um, but, you know, when I was, uh, I don't remember, 
no, I auditioned for Brutus, I think. And uh-huh. uh, Tilly asked me if I would do Cassius instead. And I said, sure. Um, and then, of course, that Cassius had more lines than almost anybody in all the, all the uh, acts. And I had not realized that. I mean, I had read it. I had read Julius Caesar, but I just didn't catch on that, that uh, <laughs> Cassius was the, the major character. But I had fun with it because you have to you have to do the lines and speak it as though you're speaking it, not reading it. Right. And that was a challenge. I had I had to work on that. I had to do a lot of takes for most of my lines. Um, it was it was I, I, I wasn't accustomed to having to really think about what I was saying. Mm-hmm. So with that, was Cassius the kind of role that you're interested in doing the, or, or were interested at the time? Or was it, I know you said you um, uh, auditioned for Brutus, but was there something particular about the, the role of Cassius that you were still drawn to, to say, yeah, okay, it wasn't the one that I wanted, but yeah, I'm still interested in, in doing this kind of thing? Yeah, it, it was, as I said, I, I just hadn't thought about Cassius at all. And then when I was asked to do it, I started reading. I said, "Hmm, this has got possibilities." Um, and so, yeah, it was it was it was a good thing for me to do because I had to pay attention to what I said and how I said it. I had uh-huh. to do a lot of practicing before I pushed the record button, and uh, I think that really helped me because I couldn't just just uh, get it off the page to kind of do a cold reading because it, that just didn't work. Um, with Phantom Canyon, it was a little easier because it was contemporary and because I was sounding like me. Um, uh-huh. with, with Julius Caesar, I had to pre- prepare for it um, more than I usually do. So, yeah, that was it was good. It was a good thing for me, and I, I'm really glad that I did it. Um, so I get to tell everybody that, I'm, that I died. <laughs> it was a good kids day. Kids, kids thought the death scene went okay. <laughs> so... We've got Edwin's mom, and we've got Cassius, and then um, we also have, in, you know, in addition to the sonnets, which is really more of a, a speaking, you know, more oratory kind of thing. Yeah, Landon let me read my favorite sonnet, which was really great. Oh, yeah? Which one was that? Oh, I can never remember the, num- the number of it. Actually, I, I can remember all the other stuff. <laughs> okay. Sonnet 20, 26. Ah, Okay. And which one is that? Lord of my love, to whom in vassalage my, thy merit hath my duty strongly knit, to thee I send this written ambassage to witness duty, not to show my wit. Duty so great, with which with, ugh, yeah, with, <laughs> with which wit so poor is mine, it may seem bare and wanting words to show it, but that I hope some good conceit of thine and thy soul's thought all naked will bestow it. Whatever, whatsoever star that guides my moving points on me graciously with fair aspect, puts apparel on my tattered loving, to show me worthy of thy sweet respect. Then may I dare to boast how I do love thee. Till then, not show my head where thou mayst prove me. So what makes this your favorite sonnet? Well, I, I read it for the first time after I just suffered one of those teenage breakups. Um, guy I was absolutely nuts about. Um, dumped mm-hmm. me, and um, this just this just reso- resonated with me, and uh, that's a long time in the past. I think I was maybe maybe fourteen when I <laughs> when it happened, but you know you mm-hmm. feel things so much stronger in those those years. Yeah, and uh, 
I just but anyway, this this just resonated with me, and I I felt like it was speaking to me. And uh, I mean, I like a lot of the other ones too, but that one that one in particular, I read it a little more smoothly when I when I, when I did, did the original. But. Very very cool, impromptu Shakespeare. <laughs> Never know what you're going to get in a Twib interview. <laughs> That's right. My golly. I got I to surprise people. <laughs> so um, we've also got you, um, I think most recently, uh, in Dreamnasium. Yeah. And you play the role of Baba Yaga. Yeah. So Dreamnasium is a little different because um, that is one of our collaborations with uh mr jeffrey thorne yeah what was that like well i i really enjoyed it because baba yaga seemed to be a lot like me and um so it was it was an easy easy character to get into um but i think what i tried to convey was that that uh baba yaga was she i think she felt that that uh, flint was like her daughter or her protege or something mm-hmm and, uh, that's why I tried to convey sadness during the last couple scenes that I recorded, um, because I was sending her off into the wild, wide world, and I didn't know if I'd ever see her again. But mm-hmm. I couldn't really—I mean, I'm big, tough Baba Yaga who runs everything, knows everything, um, and the fact that she could be vulnerable, losing a young protege—I thought was was an interesting way to approach it. I don't know if I was mm-hmm. successful with that. I enjoyed, I was actually listening to uh, part one of uh, Antiope and Black uh, just a little while ago before we uh, connected. And yeah, you definitely had that. um, Look, I like you, but I'm going to tell you stuff and you're going to listen. Yeah. And then you're going to do what I say. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. That's kind of like the way a mom goes about things. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed that part because it was like I said, it was a lot like me. Now, Baba Yaga has um, there. There's a how do I put this? A mystical reference. Um, I think it's Russian. Mm-hmm. Baba Yaga was a a witch who lived in a house on that was on chicken feet. And the house turned around, and I, I read this the Baba Yaga stories years and years and years ago. Okay, so did you bring any of that into? No, I don't. I don't think I did. Okay, I just you know it'd be it'd be kind of like, well, did did you channel the Wicked Witch of the West or whatever? You know, <laughs> um, I didn't, but I I thought it was I had that in mind when I when I took the part, uh, living in a house with chicken legs. <laughs> Perched up on top of giant chicken legs. And what what drew you to uh, gymnasium and um, particularly? Did you audition specifically for Baba Yaga, or yeah, was it, yeah, yeah? I was asked to do that. Okay. And I said, yeah. Very cool. Anytime Tilly and Susan ask me to do something, I almost always say yeah. <laughs> they when they pick people for specific stuff, they they know what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. And the last twip, I think they had mentioned something about Dreamnasium season two. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, that'd be cool. looking forward to that. Yeah. 
Well, like I said, there's there's not often parts for someone my age because, let's face it, I sound as old as I am, and I couldn't get away with playing somebody much younger. So um, when, there, when there is stuff that I can do, I really like it. There have been a number of uh, parts that have been um, either without an assigned age or, or older um, characters because um, knowing where my voice is, in in the range i'm looking at that as well when the auditions come out but uh i've seen a good bunch in the seminar yeah yeah i have seen those and uh, there's a lot of times when i just don't have the time uh, or the energy to audition and take on a part so even though it would be suitable for me i don't do it Mm. i haven't uh, i haven't had the best of health lately so i have to ration my energy ah well i hope you feel better well, I do in general. I mean, my brain's still fine, but um, back in March, I fell three oh. days in a row and landed on the same spot every single Ooh. day. Yeah, and so oh, I'm no. still recovering from that. And I get chided by my doctor every time I see her. Ah, you're not supposed to fall. <laughs> I know that. I wouldn't do it on purpose, really. <laughs> We've so. talked about this. No more falling. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's exactly what she says. <laughs> so I'm trying very hard not to fall again, but I I have not had much energy uh, during the recovery process. So, oh, I hope you get better soon. I do too. I because I've seen doctors, several doctors, and nobody really knows what's wrong, why this is taking so long to go away. Um, things broken. Um, they did X-rays and CAT scan, and 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 they, I, I just had some other some X-rays taken yesterday, uh, just to see what was going on. But I haven't heard back about that yet. But I'm, I'm, I was never really, really super active, but um, everything just takes me so much longer to do these days. And it's uh, kind of put a bite on my lifestyle. <laughs> so I, uh, I mean, it's not like we're going out during the pandemic or anything, but um, just getting from one, point, one place to another is a struggle sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry you're going through that. I hope you, you mend soon and, and are running marathons and, Jumping over hurdles. <laughs> I never could do that. Uh, <laughs> never. Are you doing any voice acting um, outside of Pendant? No, not right now. Because okay. there's a Facebook group for voice actors and where people post parts that are available. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been reading that, but I haven't uh, been inspired to. I guess I'm just, just fixed on Pendant. <laughs> okay. Now that's cool. I will eventually probably spread out to other people other production companies. Um, but, you know, I have to wait till I've got more energy. We're still better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, you're right. All right. So let's, uh, let's do some bullet questions. All right. I'll ask first thing that comes to mind. Ready? Okay. Favorite Muppet. Well, that's, that's a tie between Miss Piggy and Red. Red. I don't think anybody's mentioned Red in the entire time I've asked that question. Oh, my gosh. And I don't know whether people watched Fraggle Rock or not. I, and I think I've only had ever had one other Fraggle. Huh. But, yep, oh. they, they are Henson. They are, those are Muppets. Yep. I used to have a little uh, red uh, plushie that would sit on my desk, but I don't know whatever happened to it. Oh, that's cool. They're bringing yeah. it back, I heard. Yeah, well, I've got the box set, so. Oh, uh. Very Originally cool. pretended I was getting it for my granddaughter, but she's not really into Fraggle Rock yet. So, 
I wonder. Well, they were on HBO. Maybe I don't know where they were when we watched them. That's where that's where they were. They it, they were HBO. See, this is bullet questions where we fire very slowly. <laughs> well, I, we we haven't subscribed to any um, paid cable channels for a long time, so I I have no idea where we saw Fraggle Rock, but it was worth it. Yeah, I'm I'm red. I'm oh, also Miss cool. Piggy. I would like to be Miss Piggy when I grow up. Miss Piggy's got style. <laughs> and that and she'll tell you as much. <laughs> All right, favorite Star Wars movie. Star Wars movie. Hmm. Oh, that's a tough one. I like I like them all. Well, not all of them. I've been some that are real real duds. But I actually think probably the first one, New Hope. New Hope. Okay. We'll give it because before they, they before they cleaned it up and tried to fix things. Uh, the uh, the the way in which it it came out before George Lucas got his hands back on it. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> that came out the year my son was born, and we didn't have any money, and we just we didn't go anywhere because we couldn't afford a babysitter. Mm-hmm. So uh, Star Wars in in 1978 um, came to the drive-in. I thought, well, this is pretty cool. We'll just take the kid, put him in the back of the car, he'll go to sleep, and we'll watch the movie. <laughs> I think I finally saw that movie all the way through uh, about two years later when it came out on TV. <laughs> He did not sleep. It just he had. Of course, he was very interested in everything that was going on. So mm-hmm. it was an interesting experiment. Drove home with a lightsaber in his hand, did he? <laughs> so we'll give equal time. Favorite Star Trek movie? Oh, Wrath of Khan. All right, now I got to ask, which one? Is there more than one Wrath of Khan? Yeah, the J.J. Abrams when they rebooted it, the second movie was also Khan. Oh, oh well, you can see I didn't. I saw that movie, but I don't remember it really. That's that's right. It it turned turned out to be Benedict uh, Cumberbatch or somebody like Benedict that. Cumberbatch, yep. Yeah, yeah. No, I I saw that one, but it was like, mm, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the recent ones have not impressed me much. Um, okay, that's fair. I mean, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an original Trekkie, an old old Trekkie. All right. Um, started watching it well i didn't see the first shows um i didn't actually start watching it until um the second half of the menagerie and then i was hooked after uh, that oh yeah yeah the that's thing actually is, a really good episode to, to come in on too yeah well the thing is i didn't see the first half of that show till about 20 years later um, <laughs> on tv because there was a, i was visiting my brother and he turned it on and they played both episodes back to back so I got to see the whole thing for the first time. Mm-hmm. I had when Gene Roddenberry was trying to raise money, um, he came around to the college where I was working, and he played the uh, the black and white version of the the cage, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. And favorite pizza topping? Anchovies. Anchovies. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, nobody else likes them. Actually, it turns out pretty well because um, when we were, my dad used to offer to buy pizza for everybody, so everybody got to order, order their own small pizza. And I always put anchovies on mine because I knew that nobody else would take. Nobody it. else would go after them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the, the leftovers would be in the fridge, and mine would be pristine. I got to eat it all myself. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really do like anchovies. There you go, Marty. Can people find you on social media? Yeah, I um, I am Inf Mom 
I-N-F-M-O-M, mm-hmm. on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And um, I go under my own name on, on uh, Facebook. And I'm on a couple of, a couple of other um, sites as Real Inf Mom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, that's another one of those stories. My daughter was involved with a, a bunch of people. Um, when she was in high school and, and also in college, and uh, they called themselves the Infamous Five, and one of the one of the guys in the group started calling me the Infamous Mom, and um, that's where it comes from. Yeah, it got shortened to Infamom, and that's the way it stayed ever since. Very cool. See, well, I've been for doing everything. There is a reason. <laughs> and I've been doing online things since 1983. Mm-hmm. I was on CopyServe, so it's. Uh, I know I remember a lot of stuff that other people weren't even born when it happened. So, um, before the internet was the internet. Before the internet, they're all separate networks back then. There's CopyServe and the Source and uh, Playnet, and uh, Playnet morphed into AOL. Um, I was on that too at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, then. Once the internet really, I didn't, I really didn't pick up the internet for quite a while because I didn't like the browsers that were um, available then. Oh yeah. They were horrible. Yeah. I just didn't get into a copy. that service. one before net, hmm. uh, before Netscape, there was one. Um, yeah. One before that. Yeah. I don't remember the name you of it. You kids don't know how good you got it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> now get off my lawn. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was just awful. Whatever it was called, I just could not get a, get a handle on it. So, and besides, you could there were all these separate networks then, and CompuServe was the best as far as I'm concerned. And um, so I just stayed there until finally I got a browser that I liked. And uh, and after that, it was more internet activities. Yeah, I've been doing that for a long time. I remember bulletin boards. Yes. I used to do the local ones. Um, my husband is a radio engineer, and he somebody told him about a BBS for engineers, and he thought, oh, boy, this is a good thing. So he started calling it and figuring out how to work it and all that kind of stuff. And it wasn't until a phone bill came that he found out that the BBS he was calling was in North Carolina, and we were in Kansas, and <laughs> it got pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of cut down on the on the BBS activity. So yeah, yeah we did that. Some are a lot better than others. Yeah, that was. I sometimes wonder what happened to all of those. We'll just shut them down after a while, and the, the internet took over. Yeah, I think some of them became they like crossed over and became probably yeah. Napster sites at one point. Yeah. <laughs> People can find me on social media at JG underscore QA on Twitter and www.facebook.com slash J-O-R-D-A-N dot G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B dot 5036 on Facebook. And, of course, on Discord, I'm Jay Gottlieb. And Marty is now here on the Pendant Discord. Yay. As Marty. As a little bit of, after a little bit of struggle. <laughs> But we got it all worked out. Oh yeah, we got it worked out. I, I, it all it all works out eventually. Mm-hmm. I do know what I'm doing, even though Blinky doesn't think so. <laughs>
Well, to be fair, Blinky was helping getting all the sound yes. stuff. So yeah. she helped a lot. That was helpful. Thank you, Blinky. <laughs> it gives her a chance, another chance to show her dumbass mom what to do. Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. But we got you working, so we'll, we'll see you on the chat, which will be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. This was great. Marty, thank you for taking the time. I know the uh, scheduling was a little bit last minute and everything, but uh, I hope you heal and are doing better and stay safe. Um, stay well. No more falling down. Thank you. Thank you. I will try. And we're going to kick this back to Tilly and Susan. Here we go. Bye. It's over. It's over. It's over. Just the interview. It's over. Coming out Wednesday, November 11th, Pendant Shakespeare, The Complete Richard II. Ah, old John of Gaunt, time-honored Lancaster. Hast thou, according to thy oath and ban, brought hither Henry Hereford, thy bold son, here to make good the boisterous late appeal, which then our pleasure would not let us hear, against the Duke of Norfolk, Thomas Mowbray? I have, my liege. Tell me, moreover, hast thou sounded him, if he appealed the Duke on ancient malice, or, worthily as a good subject should, on some known ground of treachery in him? As near as I could sift him on that argument, on some apparent danger, seen in him aimed at your highness. No inveterate malice. Then call them to our presence. Face to face and frowning brow to brow, ourselves will hear the accuser and the accused freely speak. High-stomached are they both, and full of ire, in rage deaf as the sea, hasty as fire. The show is almost done. Yay! <laughs> okay, there's your episode. Again, light month, but December, Kingery and Major Machine are both coming back. So you'll have a lot more pendant to listen to. How about Which that? Is good through those dark months. Hopefully they'll be lighter because you all voted in favor of democracy. Right? 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 You did. I know you did because you're good people. You're good. You're super good. Yeah. Because you like pendant and therefore you're good and smart so you would vote in favor of democracy and equal rights. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, be sure to stop by the website at PendantAudio.com, the Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash Pendant, the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash PendantAudio. We're on Twitter at PendantWeb. We're on Tumblr at PendantAudio.tumblr.com. Look us up on YouTube at Pendant Productions and stop by the Discord, which is linked to from the main page of our website. Woohoo! Yeah! We'll see you back here next month. This is Susan Bridges. And Tilly Bridges. Thanks for listening. I hope 2021 will be a lot better. It will. Me too. If you all can vote. Yeah.
Good job. And so. yet they have a very successful side business selling candles and lotion. What? What? The theme to TWIP is Mr. Exposition by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0. That's the end of the show.